Yes. Oh, sorry. I'm supposed to. Keep, I'm supposed to keep. I'm supposed to talk. I'm sorry. I'm just sitting here staring out. I'm just sitting here staring out the window. You went off. You went off your line. <laughs> I'm like, wow, Steve's really on a roll here. What the f- Brad? Get your head in the game, Williams. <laughs> Travel back in time to the '80s, reliving the shenanigans. It was the early '80s, and sex was still a good way to meet new people. The disappointment. And that's a real shame when folks be throwing away a perfectly good white boy like that. And the self-confidence. I'm six foot, three inches tall, and maintain a very consistent panda bear shape. Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Sure, it's not 1985 right now, but who knows what tomorrow will bring. Stuck in the 80s, it's Spearsy here. And Brad in LA. And today it's time to revisit an old favorite round here Forgotten Hits. In this case, it's the Forgotten Hits of 1984. Hey, Brad, what do you remember most from 1984? Boys! Avenge me! Avenge me! Okay, that's, that's weird and completely unrelated, but I'm awake and ready to podcast. What was the question? Stuck in the 80s is a member of the CLNS Podcast Network. You can find our podcast on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and the CLNS Media Mobile app. Nation, you remember 1984, don't you? I bet if you Google top 100 hits of 1984, there will not be one single song you've forgotten. What do you think, Brad? That's kind of was my experience. So if the plural of anecdote is data, then yes. It all kind of starts off with this song by Prince, which ended the year as the top song of 84. I'm just going to say I don't ever need to hear that song again. No, that's just wrong. Brad, you ignorant slut. Brad's wrong. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, so what happens is we looked at the weekly charts throughout the year, and we each picked three songs that were hits, but that they're also tunes that kind of radio has sadly forgotten. Maybe you haven't even heard some of these tunes, but we'll tell you where they landed on the charts and give you a little background on the songs and the artists. And if you're good, we'll put together a Spotify playlist so you can enjoy them all in one place. I will say that these are songs that when we went back and we looked at the list, we went back and we looked at the weekly billboard list we saw some songs that were hits that were truly awful yeah and we were a little tempted to, to highlight those and i thought that's not what stuck in is really about we're we're going to highlight the songs that we've kind of forgotten but that we still like yes just to kind of put things into context of what 1984 was like musically I, i'm serious go sometime and google uh top hits of yeah billboard hot 100 year end right yeah and You'll see pretty much a list of 100 songs, none of which you've forgotten. When Doves Cry by Prince was the number one song of the year. Uh, other songs in the top 10, Footloose, Jump by Van Halen, Ghostbusters by Ray Parker Jr. 
But when you get to the bottom 10 of the top 100, now at this point you're, you're kind of thinking, I'm not going to know these songs. I won't remember them. You're wrong. Dancing in the Sheets by Shallow. Oh, uh, so good. So good. <laughs> New Moon on Monday by Duran Duran. Magic from the Cars. When You Close Your Eyes from Night Ranger. Yeah, I was going to use that as one of my songs this week. And I'm like, no, it's not forgotten. I can't do it. It's not forgotten at all. I was tempted to use number 99 on the list, which is Rock Me Tonight by Billy Squire. Mm. But I, I swear I just heard it on the radio in the last two days. Well, now, granted, radio for me these days is two things. It's, it's Sirius XM, but I also do the iHeart 80s on iHeart Radio. Okay. I go back and forth between the two of them. So I, I think I'm pretty well versed in what's still being played. And Rock Me Tonight, I guarantee you within the last 40 hours I've heard. Uh, so. and, and number 100 on the list is something that I'm hearing a lot on my summer staple, the Yacht Rock channel, Yamo Be There by James Ingram with Michael McDonald. I mean, come on. That's never left the radio. That gets played every day, probably once an hour on this planet. So we'll go through. We have six songs, like I said, and we'll we'll tell you a little bit about them. We'll play a little snippet of them. And then we'll, play, we'll have a little seggies and uh, we'll wrap it up for this week. Love it. Hey, before we get started, let's take care of a little business here. Awaken 180 Weight Loss is still one of our sponsors. Don't fast forward through this because we like to have some fun with these spots. We're going to make it worth your while, okay? (laughs) None of us like to talk about our weight, especially me. I I like to make the dog the B-man, and I make him talk about my weight to me. But that's about the extent of it. (laughs) Oh, fat boy, stop drinking all the whiskey in the house. (laughs) Wait, it sounds like Mickey Mouse. Seriously. Anyway, when, when most people try to lose weight, they think exercise. Well, I think about salads with no salad dressing, which I can't stand, but that's another story. It, it turns out losing weight is really all about nutrition. With Awaken 100 Weight Loss, you receive a customized nutrition plan, weekly one-on-one coaching, voice work by my dog, and the option to receive 80% of your daily foods to help lose weight your very first week. For example, I learned that cold pizza for breakfast is no more nutritious than reheated pizza, so I've just given up. Wait, what? Gain the tools to know what to eat, how to talk to your dog, and how to keep the weight off for the long term. Visit the website and make a commitment to your future. Visit them at awaken180weightloss.com. Your dog will thank you. And we're back, and we're ready to start talking about the songs. Hold on, hold on. So Before you start. Tell me again about the pizza thing? That can't be true. What seriously? You say it's no more nutritious than reheated pizza, but it it also is no less nutritious than reheated pizza. So eat the pizza, I say. Let's get started with the songs. I'm going to start off with one that I don't remember so well. Here's One in a Million by the Romantics. Brad, do you remember this song? You know what? When I saw the title, I was the same same way. I'm like, mm, no, it's not what I like about you, so why do I remember this? But when I played it, when I clicked on the YouTube link you so thoughtfully provided, I'm like, oh, yeah, of course I remember this song. Yeah, it's it's one of those weird things. I, I know a lot of people like you and like me think of the Romantics as a two-hit wonder. And that's not a surprise, the way the FM and MTV treated them in the, the middle 80s. 
they had Talking Your Sleep and What I Like About You. But this song is off their 1983 album, In Heat, uh, to continue the whole dog theme of the show. <laughs> uh, the single Talking Your Sleep was the big hit off this album. It got to number three in the charts. But One in a Million did okay. It reached number 37 in the spring of 1984, which, and this is b- bizarre, is technically a better performance than what I like about you which only got to number 49 on the chart. Really? Pretty heavy, hey dude? Yeah, so this is technically their second biggest song. Uh, that I can't get my head around that. That doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah. It's got a fun video, by the way. If you go and watch it, it, it starts off with the band playing in their traditional le- all-leather outfits and then they start... Wally Palmer, the lead singer and frontman, starts wandering through like an old-school ice cream parlor where all the girls are cooing all over him, and then there's some nerd in glasses behind the counter just... Hey, I have a name. You know. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it, but it looked a little bit like you, playing around with the ice cream scoop and doing weird Man, things. Man, that ain't right. Hey, do you remember... I told you the story about seeing Wally Palmer at 80s in the Sand a couple years ago. Do you remember that? I vaguely remember that. Yeah, refresh my memory. I think the whole band was supposed to be there. I could be wrong. I think he might – maybe Wally was filling in for the Smithereens. Oh, I think they were yeah. The they had to cancel. We were sitting there and we're in this – you know, 80s in the Sand has this – you're like in a hotel ballroom. It's not It's not a concert venue. Right. So you're all kind of just standing there, you know, watching this band play. And there was these, you know, a gang of like four or five girls behind me and – my friend Curtis, when we were there together, they're just kind of minding their own business. And Wally Palmer comes on and starts playing a couple romantic songs. And they like burst past me and Curtis, like, like, like through us. That's no small feat. Stood, you guys are, no, you know, we're built like linebackers. Exactly. You're the offensive line. Nothing yeah. offensive about you, but uh, you're big guys. Yeah, no, we're, we're big guys. So they, they burst through us and start doing this karate chop dancing right in front of us. Hmm. where they're just kind of like thrusting their limbs out in all different directions and doing like karate kicks and some sort of spastic dance routine. And I was like, we're, I had to like back off. I thought I thought I was going to get kicked in the shin or have my drink knocked into my face or something like that. But it, it, was, it was a weird moment. You're going to get messed and, up, uh, bro. It's what, I remember mo- <laughs> it's what I remember most when I think of Wally Palmer. So what, uh, what song do you have? To, to feature this week. Okay, I'm going to start off with one from someone that I, when I saw this name on the charts, this is not off the year end. This is, as Steve said, we were mining the weekly top 40s. Let's hear a little bit of Dwight Tilly's song, Girls. So, Steve, do you remember this hit, or is it forgotten to you? You know, it, it's it sounds familiar. Like, I, I, it's one of the songs that I probably heard five times, but I haven't heard in you know thirty five years. Right, right. Well, Dwight Tilly. Okay, well, first about the song. So, the song hit number sixteen in spring of nineteen eighty four. Hung around the chart for a little bit before and after. Not a huge hit, but Dwight Tilly, I felt like his story was kind of interesting when I started looking into it. He's one of those guys that just kind of simmered right below the surface of big success in the 70s and 80s. Charted twice, strangely, both times 
the, his songs peaked at number 16. 1975, his band, the cleverly named Dwight Tilly Band, hit 16 <laughs> with the song I'm on Fire, no relation to uh, any other versions of that song, as far as I can tell. And he just seemed to get caught out with record company weirdness, like a label, he'd sign to a label and they would fold, or a label would reissue a bunch of his stuff and then they would go out of print and then they would you know, stop doing it. So it just he seemed to be kind of going from mishap to mishap there. He was interviewed in 2010, and he said of this song, I remember at one point just thinking to myself, it's so basic, but how many people have ever just said, girls? <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. The video, you you speak about the video for your song. The video for this is your basic football players and cheerleaders mashup. The video opens with the football team coming in after, uh, you know, presumably at halftime getting a speech from the coach, and the coach is like, I don't know what's wrong with you guys. You can't focus. And then it goes into the song. So obviously – the football team is all thinking about girls all the time. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. One other quick fun fact on this. Early in his career, Dwight was signed to Shelter Records along with a then very young Tom Petty. Hmm. They became friends, and throughout his career, Petty provided backing vocals here and there for some of the songs, including this one. Oh, cool. There you yeah. go. Yeah. So you got some pedigree there. Yeah, not bad. Well, my next song has a lot of pedigree. It's from the Tuna Kind soundtrack. It's Olivia Newton-John with Living in Desperate Times. Living in Desperate Times is a song off the soundtrack to the movie Two of a Kind, which was a reunion of John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John, kind of trying to capitalize and, and rekindle the fire that they had in Greece. Did you ever see the movie, Brad? Sandy! I don't <laughs> believe I ever have seen Two of a Kind. I'm, I'm aware of it. I'm familiar with its existence, but I've never seen it. Okay. So I don't know how, how important it is to really describe the plot of the movie, but basically John Travolta is an inventor who badly needs some funds to continue his work, so he tries to rob a bank, which is kind of a stupid thing to do. But <laughs> Sure. Well, we haven't invented venture capital in the 80s? Come yeah. on, dude. <laughs> well, it turns out ONJ is there as a bank teller. Oh, and there's a side plot, or the main plot maybe, depends on your point of view, is that God, voiced by Gene Hackman, is using oh their gosh. little... Ro- <laughs> is using their romantic love story to decide whether or not to let life continue on Earth or whether to stage another flood and start over. Does God ever say, my team is on the floor? (laughs) That'd be great, though. That that does sound like something he would say. Anyway, the movie was kind of a bust. I have it on DVD. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Of course you do, my friend. Of course I do. But the soundtrack went platinum. Mainly thanks to three songs by O&J. So Twist of Fate, which most people remember from 1984. It got to number five on the charts. And then there's another one called Take a Chance, which is a duet between Travolta and Olivia Newton-John. It got to number three, but only on the adult contemporary chart. So So you weren't listening to that then. Go watch the video for that. It's super cheesy. But Living in Desperate Times... 
number 31 is, as far as they got in February of 84. It's a pretty fun video. It's real of its time. A lot of smoky sets. She's walking yeah. through like, a dystopian skyscrapers that are all shaped with words like greed and stress and anxiety and stuff like that. There's some cheese ball uh, choreography. But oh, very- it's great. The, the video is delicious. It, yes. I mean – I didn't really recognize the song, and I don't think I've probably ever seen this video, but I enjoyed it from beginning to end because it is so deliciously 80s. Yes. The fiancé and the dog and I watched it just prior to recording, and she knows the words to every line of this song. So it's not forgotten to her, totally forgotten to me. So what's the next song on your list? Okay, Steve, cast your mind back to the 70s. Do you remember the 70s? Barely? I love the 70s. <laughs> When I say this band name, you're going to think, wait a minute, what are we talking about this guy in 1984? But while you ponder that, let's hear a little bit of Casey and the Sunshine Band's song, Give It Up. AC in 1984? What the actual f*** is going on here? <laughs> you just like to bleep stuff. I do. You can hear the kind of the underpinnings of the band still, but they've stripped out some of the more obvious disco flourishes. There's no wah-wah pedal. And there's just some, some things that are missing from what you would, you know, if this song had been recorded in 1978. Do you remember this song, Steve? You know, it's funny. I I didn't remember it, but about, I don't know how long it's been now, five, six, seven years there was a movie out called The Kingsman, mm-hmm. and there's a big fight scene at the end of the movie that is, oddly enough, it uses this song as the overlay for the musical of this, of this like, to the <laughs> death about fight that. scene. Um, and ever since I saw that movie, which I, I oddly, oh, which I, which I like for a lot of reasons, and there are a lot of 80s flourishes in The Kingsman. I have been addicted to this song. I, I could, I probably listen to it once a week now. It's catchy. Yeah, it is super catchy. Casey and the Sunshine Band obviously suffered from their disco reputation when disco went down in flames. This song originally showed up on their 1982 album "All in a Night's Work," and I hear you saying, "But Brad, this show's about 1984." Yes, it is. It was released as a single in the UK that year, and it actually went to number one. It was their biggest single in the UK, which might be why it was used in The Kingsman. Yeah. So because it was such a successful single overseas, KC put it on their next album as well. (laughs) Uh, 1984's KC10. Epic refused to release it as a single, so Harry Wayne Casey, also known as KC, formed his own label and released the single himself. Take that! I'm sticking it to the man! I've always wondered why it was, because... When you see it now, you just see it released as Casey. So that's interesting. Yeah. Now we know the rest of the story. There was a big fight between him and the bass player. What's his last name? Finch, is that right? For Casey and the Sunshine Band, who did a lot of the writing originally. They had a big falling out in the early 80s. So They still make a good living. Yeah, they I'm sure they do. They still make a good living on cruises. They're on the 70s cruise pretty much every year. And they're like the special guest stars of that cruise well i mean they're a huge disco they're a huge disco act yeah of course there's no two ways about it yeah 
I don't know. I think I want to leave them where they are safely in the past on YouTube videos. Speaking of videos, there's not really – I couldn't find an official video for this. There are a couple, but it's basically him and a backup dancer or two kind of lip-syncing along. So nothing really there. Okay. Huh. Well, here's my third song. My third song also is very much stuck in the 80s. This is Ollie and Jerry from the Breakin' soundtrack with There's No Stopping Us. This is the ultimate earworm, by the way. Oh, mm. delicious. Yeah, so like I said, this was a tune from the soundtrack from the movie Breakin', not the sequel whose name makes us all cringe. It did top the dance charts for one week, but it also reached number nine on the Billboard Weekly charts that summer. Now, your nice. next question, obviously, is who are Ollie and Jerry? <laughs> who are these guys? <laughs> it's not the guys in the movie. It is drummer Ollie Brown and R&B singer Jerry Knight, and they were just a couple of session musicians in L.A. They recorded no albums. They recorded two singles, this one, and then they recorded another one for the sequel that, yes, was actually called, don't make me say it, Electric Boogaloo. Mm. Well, hey, look, one time out of the gate, two times out of the gate, and they get a number nine single. And then walk away from it? How much confidence is that? Yeah, I, I did know. that. It's cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's like uh, interviewing Steve Perry 12 years ago and never being able to top it since. Trust me, I know what it yeah. feels like. <laughs> anyway, just like I said, the, the group broke up immediately after Electric Boogaloo because that song was largely a disappointment. And there was, there was no momentum thus to carry them further. But Brad is here with one final song. And I'm betting... That's one we're going to like. I went deep on this one, Steve. I broke my own rules. I was kind of trying to enforce it. Had to make it into the top 20 at some point during the weekly charts for me to consider it. But screw that. Time was running short and I needed another song. And I couldn't help but notice my eyes fell upon this track that peaked at number 38 for two weeks in March. It's Don't Let Go by Wang Chun. I got your love this song uh, it, it, i'm not saying anything because i know i'm just going to start saying how great it is and you're going to tell me <laughs> no. why is it great brad so i'm just going to tell you i really like this song again i picked it because i was getting running out of time and i'm sure there are other well i'm not sure i know there are other very worthy songs that could have made the list but this is my pick today so you don't like it double your money back this was the lead single, at least in North America, from Wang Chung's 1984 album, Points on a Curve, which was their first album with the W-A-N-G instead of H-U-A-N-G spelling for the band name. Do you remember the big single off of this album, Steve? Oh, God, yeah. I mean, I, I still have this album probably in 
three or four different forms. Uh, Dance Hall Days was the big one. Yeah. When you hear that and you hear Don't Let Go, I mean, I, I like Don't Let Go. I think it's a really good song. But to me, Dance Hall Days is so much more obviously the hit single on that album. I I don't know. I mean, if if you've never listened to Points on a Curve, the whole album start to finish, uh, I highly recommend you do it. I'm sure Brad agrees with me. It's one of those oh, albums yeah. where I don't think there's a bad song on it. Yeah, I, I really do like this album. And now now I know what I'm going to listen to at work tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. Like I said, this made it up to 38, sat at number 38 for two weeks in March. Go team. And the video, I just watched the video again before we recorded. It is just so peak 1984 video. Well, or of a type of that video of that time. You got the techno looking band set for them to perform on with like random pipes and stuff. And of course, you can't just use like a, a real drum kit. We have to use a electronic kit with the hexagonal surfaces. It's oh so high tech. So you've got that footage and then it's intercut with Jack Hughes and some mystery woman some kind of spy chase story thing that involves a couple Mercedes and a rowboat and some eight by 10 glossies of a man being handed a briefcase. It didn't make any sense. <laughs> it doesn't but need to. I, it was the eighties. I'm sure it was all very noir. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a great pick. I, I remember we saw them on the first year of the eighties cruise and that was just, a, I think we saw them twice actually. They, they played we on did. deck one night and then they played in the, the lounge one night. I know we've told the story a million times about, how they were just kind of wandering through the bar next to the lounge, just kind of looking at the the artwork while they're sitting there, yeah, staring at the wallpaper str- while they're strumming their guitars. It was it was a fun, fun moment. You know what else can be a really fun moment? The, the Seggies. Oh, it's time to play I Want My Mystery TV theme song. By far the longest named Seggy of the bunch. If that were a thing you craved in a Seggy. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this. That's how you're ranking your Seggies? Yeah, by, by number of characters in the title of the Seggy. Anyway, the, you know the drill here. We'll play a snippet of a TV theme song from the 80s. If you get it right, you're entered into um, drawing for some swag. I'm looking around my office seeing what I have to offer in addition to your postal-friendly bottle opener. I do have the drawstring bags. I have to tell a story on myself. I got an email today from a listener who is answering uh, a Segi from last show pointing out to me that I owe him a bottle opener from 2017. 2017? Yeah. That was really a whole different bottle opener. I feel really (laughs) bad. Just Yeah, they, they are. I felt really bad. It's funny because I went back and looked, and maybe my organization could have been a little better back then. And I think that was about when I realized it because just after that, just after I went back and found his email, just after that is when I started kind of tracking things. But even when I was tracking things back then, I wasn't really good about getting them out in a timely way. So I felt bad, and I will be sending him something out right away. I'm really bad at tracking things, and I'm also really bad at remembering TV shows in general from the 80s. So thankfully, we have Crispy Critter, one of our longtime listeners, who, who sends me lists of potential <laughs> uh, <laughs> cat- you know, candidates for this. And yeah. I'm sure he picked this one out as well. Pay attention. Here was the clip from two shows ago. You need together. Yep, that's the theme to Three's a Crowd. You need 
Brad, did you watch the show? I'm pretty sure you didn't. You couldn't have. No, no. I I remember, I remember it existed, but I don't think I've ever seen it. My my sister, my younger sister. I have a sister who's four years younger than me, and she was a huge fan of Three's Company. And I remember she wrote like a term paper on it one year that I had to proofread for her. Uh, and I was just amazed that she found enough things to say about Three's a Crowd or about Three's Company. And she had a, I think she had a crush on Larry. <laughs> and Larry, years later, Larry came through Tampa. He was playing the wizard in Wicked. And I got a chance to interview him. And I think I told him that my sister had a crush on him. <laughs> so that was. And he's like, oh, you have a number? <laughs> <laughs> nice guy. Fun she production. in town? <laughs> Anyway, read some of the winners. Winners this week include Chris Cooling. I don't know how. Chris, Chris Cooling guy. He gets these every time. Alan <laughs> Titus, Dave Horn, and Brian Pond, who calls this the, quote, nice try sequel to Three's Company. It was worth a shot. Well, The Ropers was another uh, Oh, my show. gosh. That's right. How many yeah. spinoffs were there from Three's Company? Just those I two? Think, I think that was – I think it might have been a question that we used in Big 80s Trivia. Well, I clearly don't remember. I mean, I'm just I'm shocked that Three's you're, Company you're so lasted for, out of your mind during those sessions. You don't remember anything. I can't believe that Three's <laughs> Company lasted for eight seasons on one yeah. joke. Yep, that he's not really gay. Anyway, <laughs> spin the wheel. Let's find out who wins some swag. It's going to land on. Dave Horn, you're this week's lucky winner. And Brad, I'll take care of this one myself because I've, I've, I'm making a little box of things to give to Dave. Uh, he oh, wasn't okay. able to join us on the cruise this year, but so I saved him a drawstring bag, and I'm going to give him a Defender arcade game pillowcase because, you know, we should all have this. <laughs> look, I actually what would that do to your dreams? Hands. What would that do to your dreams, sleeping on know. a Defender? No. It'd make no. him wonderful. No. Troubled. Deeply troubled. So. <laughs> Anyway, pay attention. Here's this week's Mystery TV theme song. Believe me, life's not a charity park. There you go. If you know it, email us at podcast at sits.com and tune in soon to find out if you're a winner. We'll be right back after this commercial break. What's the difference between a little fun and a lot? At last, move out. cheese doritos brand tortilla chips definitely and we're back we have just a few minutes left awesome that's good because i have just a few minutes to share a, a tv show with you that i think you'll enjoy 80s nation my son was home for about two months and so we were doing a lot of family television watching which we never really did when they were at home as kids because they were always off doing a million things but he brought us this show called dark on netflix it's a German series. It's 
I watched it with subtitles, which is you have to be ready for that. There are two seasons out right now. There's a third season coming out later this month. And I realized when I finished the first season that I'd just seen Back to the Future as imagined and directed by Twin Peaks' David Lynch. Okay. Now you've got my attention. Yeah. it's And it's just mind-blowing. It just every episode, you're like, what? Wait, heat, but that? Eventually, the you know you know how these shows have to work. Eventually, the gears have to mesh, or you're like, you know, thanks for nothing. But I enjoyed it. I will say it does live up to its title. If you're looking for something light, some light fare, the first thirty seconds of this series, a man hangs himself. <laughs> okay, not interested. So it is dark. It is dark. That's <laughs> too dark. It's too dark for okay. me. Well. If you're looking for something, if you're scraping the bottom of the Netflix barrel, you know, it's I know it's been 12 or 13 weeks now you've been stuck at home. So maybe give that a look. Sounds good. Hey, that's all the time we have this week. But write us and let us know how we did on the forgotten hits of 1984. Don't forget to answer the seggies. Don't forget just to send us letters for a listener mailbag. We haven't had some of those in a while. But in the meantime, Brad and I remain here, stuck in 1984, but hopelessly stuck in the 80s. Stuck in the 80s is a member of the CLNS Media Network. Special thanks to Check Battery Daily for our theme music. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or the CLNS Media mobile app.